mind the Lord this morning. Yeah. Turn to the book of 1 Samuel. First Samuel. We, we've had a lot of thoughts as uh, we come in this morning. Appreciate the Sunday school that took place, those minding the Lord in that time. Appreciate you minding the Lord in this service. Don't stop now. You say, well, the preacher's up. It's time for me to sit back and listen. It's time for you to listen to the Lord. That's right. And if He tells you to do something, we want you to do that. I thought this morning if they'll just keep on, if Jeremy would just keep on a little while, if Braxton would have read a little more, if Josh would have just, my Lord, I wouldn't have had to preach. I just covered all around it, hit all over it. Josh, I'm going to reread that John chapter 15, verse 16. I told you to go to 1 Samuel. You can stay there. I'm going to read one in, in John 15, and then I'm going to try to do this. i got a lot of things here, but we're going to mind the Lord. He's going to put Amen. it together for us. John 15, verse 16 says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to hear that. Now, we get excited about the rest of it and, and all those other... But it says in the Bible that God chose you. Yeah. You didn't choose Him. He chose you. I promise, before you got saved, you was worried about your own self. Even as a child... Uh, children, uh, you can watch them. They're, they're only focused on what their needs are. That's, that's all man comes to this earth really capable of doing. Uh, uh, the, uh, I, I know Keisha, I think, gets it. She's stepped out. I don't know where she's at. And she stepped out. I see her back in the back. She's worried that that, that child's going to bother us. It don't bother me at all. But you know, that child comes to this world to make those noises to let us know. Right? That something's in need. Amen. Its only desires yeah. right now are for itself. Uh-huh. I'm hungry. Uh, I need to be changed. That's all it can think of. I'm uncomfortable. I'm unhappy. And then it lets us know. God give it those things so that we as parents would know what to do. But then as a child grows older, it's the same way. You have to teach them what you got to teach them to share. you got to teach them to be considerate of other people. And think, Why? Because that's not our nature. Amen. You weren't looking for God. That's right. Right. He come looking for you. Right. And and the Bible tells us there that He chose you. I've been thinking ever since last week and and, this, and the messages that were preached and testified about and, and all the things that God's done about the mission field. And some of us, I believe, act like ours is a secret mission. I, now, not necessarily. Some of us act like the thing that God's put us here to do. We just don't let nobody else know about it. We're acting like we're on a secret mission for God. And now I just begin to think about, did you accomplish it? If I ask you this morning, have you accomplished what God set you here to do today? Did you accomplish it? Think about it for just a moment. Some of you are saying, I don't know. I wasn't really thinking about whether or not I was on God's mission or not. Because I was too what? I was too busy concerned about what I was doing. Amen. Now, now just hold on. Now, I, uh, we we going to get there. Y'all just stick with me. Some of y'all are a little nervous. I know. And we start thinking about doing something for God. And, and it gets us uncomfortable because it pulls us out of what we're comfortable with. What's just taking care of us. So I ask you the question this morning. Did you accomplish what God sent you here to do here today? Amen. Good. Did you accomplish it? We give you plenty of opportunities. Yeah. We give you plenty of times that you might do what God would give you today. 
Furthermore, God's given you a bigger mission than just today. And He'd give you more to do than just today. You say, well, I, I haven't felt nothing for God. I hadn't done. I, I hadn't seen it. Well, can I tell you, the Bible said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Amen. So, so you can't say that God doesn't have something for you to do. Amen. He says, I have chosen you and I have ordained you. Uh-oh, that's a big word. Ordained means to be set apart. It means to be put on a different place. The Bible says that Christians are a peculiar people. Where it means what? We're different than this world. If we look just like the world looks, and there's no difference from our lives and their lives, something's wrong. Amen. Why? Because you've been chosen and you've been ordained. Amen. You've been set apart for something different. Why am I set apart? It says, he tells us, that you should go and bring forth fruit. So you have a mission for God to do something for Him. That your fruit should remain and whatsoever you shall ask of my Father in my name He may give it to you. So God has said, I have picked you, I have called you, I have set you apart, I've given you an assignment. You, you, you're not that person, not not well, just the preacher. Just preach, go to preach, he'll get everybody saved. No, I've called you. And He's given you not only a mission to fulfill, but He says, I pray that God will help you bring it forth. That God will bring forth the fruit. In other words, if you'll just be obedient, He's given you the ability to do it. He's equipped you uh, to make it happen. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in My name, He may give it to you. So you can't say, I'm not able, I'm not gifted, I'm not this, I'm not that. God's given it to you. Amen. Alright, so you're in 1 Samuel. If you're in the 16th chapter, you're at David's call. If you back up to the 9th chapter, you're at Saul's call. If you back up to the 3rd chapter, you're at Samuel's call. Mm-hmm. Alright, so let me just give you some of them real briefly here. I'm going to talk about those three real quickly, and then I'm going to try to get into what God's given me this day, and I pray that you'll just be attentive, and God will touch you, and He will use you. Because church, if we're not about His business, then whose business are we about? Amen. 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 That's right. Because you're not about nobody's business. That's right. You got some people trying. I tell you, they think they're on a secret mission. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> even secret to them. In the third chapter of 1 Samuel, uh, we know this story very well. Samuel is a young man, and he's living literally in the house of the Lord. He's living in the temple with Eli. Eli is the great high priest. He's the one that makes everything happen. Eli's got some trouble in his life. He had two sons, and those two sons were wicked boys. And and Eli didn't correct them, and he didn't change them. And they were making a mockery in the house of God. And God said, I'm going to have to do something about it. So God brought another man to take over. His name was Samuel, but he's just a young child here. Some of us think that I'm just too young uh, to do what God would have me to do. When I'm older, I'll be able to do those things. I used to look up to these preachers and think of, oh, when I get uh, his age and in his time, then I'll be able to be that that he is. That's not how God works. Uh, He doesn't uh, just let people at a certain point in their life uh, do things for Him. Uh, He takes those uh, that are willing and turns them into something. Amen. Amen. Not because they're able, but because they're willing. I want you to know the the biggest thing about whether or not you'll serve God is whether or not you're willing. Samuel was a young man who was willing. 
And the Bible tells us that he was laying asleep. And, and God began to knock on his heart. To begin to call him uh, to do more than he was doing. Now he didn't even know who it was. He thought it was Eli, the, the old man in the house. And he went to him. And, and Eli said, it's not me. Go back and lay down. And he did it again. Uh, and, and, and he went back. He said, it's not this. And he kept going until he finally said, listen, you, you talk to the Lord. He, he perceived. And he said, just to answer. Just answer. And so God calls Samuel. Why did He call Samuel? He had a job for him to do. He needed him to step up into that position. He needed him to become somebody that the people could rely on. He needed somebody who would carry the Word. Amen. The Bible says in that day, in those days, that the Word was few. Can I tell you today that if we don't take up the call and carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to this world, the word will be few. Amen. It will be short. Not because God can't speak, but because man won't take it. That's right. So Samuel's called in the third chapter. In the ninth chapter, the people had said, Give us a king, give us a king. In the fifteenth verse, it says, Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. You see that? He had a man that he called to do a job. Yeah. He had a mission for him. Listen, some people think that the only reason Saul was picked was because the people wanted a king. That's why the Lord uh, put him in place, but there was something that needed to happen. Yeah. There were some things that needed to happen. And so Saul was anointed king uh, to save the people from the hand of the Philistines. Now I get to the 16th chapter. We'll spend a little more time in the 16th chapter about the 6th verse. In the 6th verse, 16th chapter, 1 Samuel, it says, And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab. Now, now what's going on here is Samuel has gone to find the new king. Saul has been rejected by God because of his lack of obedience. And so Samuel was sent by God to the house of Jesse. And Jesse has lined up his sons. and Because so, he don't know what's going on. He's just listening. Samuel said, you get them in here and you line them up. i got to do something. God's got this on my heart. i got to do it. And he, he says that Samuel looked on Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. This guy was good looking. He was tall. He was strong. And Samuel seen him when he come in. He's the oldest. And he said, it is, or maybe he's the second oldest. And he looked at him and he said, well, this, this has got to be the guy. This has got to be the guy. Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. Verse 7, and the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance. Can I tell you that some of you ain't doing what God wants you to do? That's right. Because you don't think you look the part. Yeah. That's right. Let it sink in, Mom. Mm -hmm. You think that there's something special. Well, I can't do that. Yeah. I can't fulfill that. I don't, I don't look the part. Right. He said, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature. I'd like to be a little taller. Hey, maybe I might look up to me a little more. Hey, you know, you're looking down to me because I'm short. Lord didn't care. That's funny, but the Lord doesn't care. You say, I ain't smart enough. I don't, I don't speak well enough. I don't have a good enough memory. I don't sing good enough. I don't testify good enough. I don't do all these things well enough. God says that's not what I'm looking at. That's right. That's right. God chose you. Yeah. God chose you. 
among all his people. Right. He chose you. He says, For the man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. That's right. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shema to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel, and Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. Now, I want you to see something here. Uh, it says the youngest, right? didn't say his name. Before, in verse uh, 6, it said Eliab. In verse 8, it said Abinadab. In verse 9, it said Shema. It said all the other ones it give credence to. But even his own father didn't call him by name. Listen, some of you feel like you're just not enough. You're looking at other people who have a name who have a position, who have a place to say, well, they would be better. Well, they would be capable. If I was like them, or if I was like that, then I could do that. That's not what God says. That's right. What the world counts for loss, what does God count it towards? Think about it. And he says, uh, the youngest uh, yet remaineth. And so he said, beholdeth, he keeps the sheep. And Samuel saith unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. God was looking for somebody. God's looking for you this morning. Amen. He's looking for you. Amen. Matter of fact, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that he roams the earth to, to and fro, looking to see on who he might act on their behalf if their heart was but toward him. That's right. Right. You know, there's a reason that churches today don't feel the Spirit of God moving. There's a reason that people aren't being saved. It's not because the Savior is any weaker. It's not that the Holy Spirit doesn't know how to pray. It's not that the Word's not as powerful as it once was. It's that the people who are in the mission field aren't doing their jobs. Now you know it's your job or wherever you work or if you go to school, wherever class you're in, if you don't do your part, it don't get done. Amen. That's right. Come on. Can I tell you today, nobody else is walking in your shoes. That seems pretty obvious, don't it? Then why do we expect somebody else to do our part? Uh -huh. Amen. Uh -huh. Amen. Now, y'all expect Brother Whalen to get y'all a blessing this morning so that he just mind the Lord testify? Did y'all get, y'all didn't get his blessing. <laughs> he got it! That's right. right. That's right. Y'all ain't going to get my blessing. No. Come on, Brady. I can't do it for you. Uh -huh. Come on, Brady. Now, I'm going to take it. Yeah. That's right. Amen. I'm going to take it. Right. You can't take what somebody else has done. Mm -hmm. You can't take the sister that shouted. You can't take her shout from her. That's you can. Right. Oh, I felt good when she shouted. It sounded good, but you didn't get what she got. Amen. Right. That's right. right. He's calling you. That's right. He's got a job for you. Right. He's got a plan for you, <laughs> and only you can do it. That's right. Not only uh, uh, is he looking for you, he's calling you. Second Timothy one nine says, "Who hath saved us?" And called us yeah. with a holy calling. Not according to our works. Come on, somebody. 
but according to His own purpose uh -huh. and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Amen. Over and over, the Scriptures give us examples of Him calling. Of Him calling. In the garden, he's looking for Adam and Eve. He yeah. is calling them. Uh, there was Noah, uh, just doing his own thing. God says, I got a job for you. He come a colony. There was Abraham amongst his family. And he said, I've got a people that we're going to make. And I'm going to be their God. And they're going to be my people. And he come a calling. There were people. Oh, no, there's Elisha standing, plowing a field. And Elijah's walking back. And God come by a calling. Listen, God is calling his people to do his work. Amen. He's calling you. That's right. And you're just looking at the person beside you. He's probably talking to him. He ain't talking to me. He's talking to you. That's right. right. They all had a job to do. Samuel had a job to do. If Samuel didn't come, they weren't going to get the Word of God. And if, if they didn't get the Word of God, I'm telling you, those people have been so far out gone, it would have been bad. Samuel had to come. Somebody had to take the place. Eli's sons couldn't do the job. It had to be somebody. Yeah. Samuel right. had a job to do. Saul had a job to do. Right. Now here's something. You need to get a hold of this. Had Saul been obedient to God, there would have never been need of David. Let me tell you. God ordained Saul. Saul's disobedience. I'm not saying God didn't know. God's known all things. What I'm telling you this is... is Here's what's really happening in a lot of our churches. You've got a few people that's minding the Lord and they're having to take on everybody else's jobs. And here's what's happening. It's not effective, okay? I, I, I got people in my office uh, that I have to quit telling them, quit trying to do somebody else's job. You're not effective if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing and you're trying to do what they're supposed to be doing. And I had to get on them and say, if we're going to be effective as a team, you got to do the part that you've been given to do. Church, if we're going to be effective as a church, if you're going to be effective as a Christian, you got to do the part that you've been given to do. That's right. Amen. We've been practicing for a Christmas play. Levi's part is hilarious. We all can't play that part. That'd be the craziest Christmas play you ever seen. We all play the same part. Wouldn't that be fun? Let's do that. <laughs> what's going to happen? Ain't nobody going to know what's going on. Come on, Can I tell you today that the reason why we're not doing and seeing God move is because we're all not playing the parts that we've been given to play. That's right. Can I tell you this? Not only have you been given a job to do, you're the answer to somebody's problem. That's right. You're the answer to somebody's problem. Yeah. Hey, the reason the miracles of God ain't happening is because there's somebody not doing their part. That's right. Come on, brother. There were four men that carried the totes of that bed and that lame man's lying on it and they went and tore out the roof and said, we're going to put him down where Jesus is because we know that Jesus can touch him where we can't touch him. Somebody had to carry a corner. Yeah. If one man had said, I'm not carrying my corner. Yeah. You know what happens when three people try to tote somebody in a blanket? That person falls out on the ground. That's right. You can't do it. That's right. I'm just telling you, you can't do it. What I'm saying is, is you have been given a part to play. Right. And you're the answer to somebody's need That's of right. help. If you don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. That's right. Amen. Exactly right. Yeah. Romans chapter 8, verses 30 and 31 says, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them also he justified. And whom he justified, 
Them he also glorified. Now, there's a lot of good in that, and I'm not going to confuse anybody. I'm going to tell you this. He takes care of those that he calls. Amen. 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 That's right. He takes care of those he calls. Now, I'm just telling you, I was the shyest individual you would have ever met when I was a child. What happened? You talk all the time. Now you can't be quiet. What happened to you? I can tell you what happened to me. Those he calls, he takes care of. That's right. right. That's right. That's right. But I want you to read that next verse. So if that scripture, verse 30 of Romans chapter 8 says, I'm going to fulfill every part they need. I'm going to take care of everything they need. If that verse says that, then listen to what verse 31 says. What shall we say to these things? Mm-hmm. If God be for us. Y'all know it. Who can be against us? So here's my question. Why haven't you fulfilled what God's got for you to do? That's right. Mm-hmm. Why have you not fulfilled what God has for you to do? That's right. Why are you holding back the next step that God has for you in your journey? Amen. Why haven't you taken that next step to draw closer to Him? Why I'm not? Well, look, y'all said you think of calling, you think of preachers, and you think of uh, maybe Sunday school teachers. No, 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 no. You don't understand. David was in the field keeping sheep. God called him. Somebody hear this right now. God <laughs> called him. And you know where he went back to? The sheep. That's right. Some of you want to call it so that you get some power, place, and prestige. God will work things out in his time. That's right. If that's the place that he's taken you to, yeah. that's fine. But you know what God said? God said, I am going to put my anointing on you, David, and go, go with them sheep and show them my anointing. Yeah. You ever think about that? God said, it says from that day on, uh, Samuel anoints him, and God's Spirit, come on David. Listen, he lived in a time without the Holy Spirit. He didn't know what it's to feel like, what you and I feel like. And he got something nobody else got. Yeah. And, and, and Samuel says, you're the next king. Go back to the field. Some of us, are unwilling yeah. to do the job that God assigned us. Amen. Because we're still in the field. That's right. And not on the stage. Mm-hmm. Right. Bless him, Lord. Why are you not fulfilling what God's got for you today? It can't, it's not on God's fault. No. Because He's given you all that you need. That's right. Scripture said, if God be for you, who can be against you? That's right. He's going to give you His his strength, His backing. So it can't be that you're not following God because God's not able. It can't be that you're not in His will and not doing His job and the mission that He has for you because He's a small God because He's not a small God. So why, why are we not in the mission field? Man. So I'm going to give you three things the Lord give me and I'm going to close with this. Because we're too distracted. The devil can't distract you. He cannot take God's calling from you. He can't take God's purpose out of your life so he can distract you. How does that work? Well, here's what it does. So he puts things in your life. If you'll look right now and ask yourself, what takes my time and my money? If you just work for a few moments, if you were to sit down and do a little chart, what takes my time 
and my money. Because if you'll find where you do those things, that's what you put your attention into. That's right. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now the question is, are those things of God? If the answer is, well, i got to work. Well, that's the pasture. That's where the sheep are. Okay? That's not a distraction. But what are you doing while you're there? Yeah. But are you living the light? Is your light so shining or are you just fitting in and doing the job huh. and then going about your regular business? God puts you in a specific place for a specific time. Right. Let me just tell you something here. Listen to this. Now, Now y'all know what David did, right? It's like John's. Y'all know that David was the guy who went into the king and played the heart because these evil spirits were just, oh, they were just killing him all the time. And so they went and sent David to play the music to him, right? Y'all, you know, listen, David's well known, right? Y'all looking at him like, oh, I don't know what David did. What are you talking about? Where did David learn to do those things? In the pasture. With the sheep. Why? Why? While he was with the sheep, he got out the heart. He probably sung to them sheep all the time. That's probably right. Yeah. I'm just seriously, I just keep the sheep. Right. I'm going to move from one place to the other. What else are you doing out there? That's exactly. So he's playing that music. And God said, just be faithful in that. Just keep on with that heart playing that you're doing right now. That's beautiful. I'm going to have a need for that later on. That's good. Now listen to me right now. You understand what I'm saying? God's giving you a calling to do. Right. And you may think, well, I just don't see it. It's in the things that you're already in your hands. Amen. Take what's already in your hands and give it to God and let God begin to mold it because one day when He needs it, He's going to pull it out. Right. And then you're going to be able to play before the King. And you're going to be able to play before Him and do the things that He's put before you. Listen, there was times when He was there out in the fields and he took that old sling and he'd probably just sit and he'd just probably shoot it to those rocks and knocking stuff down. But one day, a bear came. Right? Yeah. A bear came. He pulled out that sling. He'd been practicing with it. Why? Because he was faithful with what God told him. God's anointing had followed him. He said, you go be the best shepherd it's ever been. And he said, well, I ain't going to lose the sheep, so I'm going to have to be good at this. The Bible says that he slew that bear. And then one day, what? A lion came. Mm -hmm. He began to sling that old sling, and he killed the lion. Right? Right? Yeah. If he had not been faithful with what God had given him when he was in the pasture, how could he have been faithful on the battlefield when there's a giant named Goliath Amen. That's saying, That's good, who will take me on? Everybody else, everybody else in the army, for days and days, he's issued this challenge. Everybody else is taking a step back. And David steps onto the scene. And he issues his challenge. Who would stand and fight me? And David takes a step forward. And the king says, here, put on my armor. Use my armor to slay him. Use my sword. Use all these things. And David says, I haven't tried those things. Because you see, when I was in the pasture being faithful and spending time with God and Him in my life, He's taught me a few things. And listen, this may not like seem like a normal, a normal circumstance. This may seem like an overwhelming obstacle. That's what this seems to like to you. But I can tell you that this is not an obstacle that's before me. It's an opportunity. Because God has already shown me yeah. that He is the overcomer. Yeah. Listen, He could have slung that 
stone if he hadn't been faithful in the beginning with what God had given him. Listen, I don't know what God's calling you to. It may be places of grandeur. It may be to preach to thousands. It may be to see thousands get saved. But if you're not faithful in the pasture, if you're not faithful where you're at right now, you can't ever move beyond right. that. Amen. Right. Amen. That's right. You've been called. You've been equipped. You've been given an assignment. Why are you not being faithful with it? Why are you not being faithful with it? You have a great big God. Is it that you're distracted? Sin will distract you. It'll distract you in a hurry. It'll distract you in a hurry. Maybe it's you're discouraged. You've been knocked down. You've been knocked down too many times. You imagine this, if, if David hadn't been faithful there in the field when the, when the bear came and when the lion came and if they had taken many of his sheep and they had gotten away and he had been able to do nothing about it, would he have stood back up when it come time to stand before Goliath? Maybe you've been discouraged and you feel like, maybe I just can't do this. I think a lot of people when it comes to your witness and sharing the truth, and listen, there is a truth. Can I tell you right now, the world's kind of confused and it's fuzzy on what is right and what is wrong. And sometimes you say, I just don't know and I don't know how to make a stand. There is a word and it's right here. And you've been given it. And it is the truth. The truth. Amen. Singular. That Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. Listen, there is one way and one truth. But sometimes when we go to have to deliver that, we're a little bit scared. We're a little bit nervous uh, to carry out what God's put before us. But let me just tell you, if He's with you, who can stand against you? That's right. And some of us are disillusioned. That's right. We thought it would look different than what it looks like. We thought, oh man, I, I, I'm following Him, but, but now I'm receiving all this Oh man, it just seems like every time I turn around, there's another obstacle in front of me. Yeah. There's another discouragement that's come my way. It, it, I, I want to do that for God, but but I just feel like that maybe I'm going the right direction, wrong direction. Can I tell you right now? If God called you to it, you're going the right way. That's right. Amen. If you don't know what God called you to, let me tell you. Let me just tell you this: take what He's given you and put Him in it. And give it all you got. Take what He's given you and put Him in it. What are you saying? I'm saying give it to Him. Give it to Him. I, I can't tell you how He took me from where I was to where I am now. I can't tell you how, but I can tell you I was there all on this journey with Him. And there are things that happened and I look back and say, well, look at that. There's a reason why I went through that. There's a reason why I went into the occupation that I went into. There's a reason why I was in the classes that I was in. There's a reason for every job that I've ever had. I'm just telling you, it's not because of me that I stand here. It's because of Him. Amen. That's right. So, I'm going to close with this right So here's David. He's been called. He's got something to do for God. He's got a job and assignment, but he's in the pasture. He's just, he's just giving it to God. I'm just in the pasture, just giving it to God. I just don't know. Maybe what I need to do, maybe think, maybe what I need to do is start getting me some friends. Because if I get some friends, maybe I can get some influence. And then I'll get to where God has told me I'm going. 
But that's not what he did. The Bible says that he just did what God had him do. And then one day, the king gets the headaches. And somebody says, well, we could just get a good musician in here. That musician would come and play so beautifully that it would just take those evil spirits and it would push them away. And would you know anybody like that? Well, yeah, I know a guy. He's a shepherd out in the field. So they go get him. He comes and plays. Now what is he? He's, a, he's the special musician to the king. Right? He's a special musician to the king. So, so what now what? Now he's he's not a shepherd in no, he's still a shepherd. Oh listen to him. He didn't stop being faithful with that that he was. Some of us think, well, when I move from here to here, I should not ever have to do that again. Mm-hmm. No, well, God still keeps him actually as a shepherd. And he gets to go and he plays before the king. Now he's it's you think, right? In his mind. Samuel has ordained him to be the next king, right? So, so now he's right there at the throne. Maybe there's some thoughts in his mind. Maybe if I just kill him, I'm right here with him. He's got a headache. He's lying there with his eyes closed. I could kill him and take his place. No, that's not what God did. God actually sent him back, and then his father said, I will send you on an errand. There's this big war going on, this big battle. Go take some food to your brothers. Go take that food to your brothers and, and minister to them. See how the war's going to come home. He could have said, you, you got servants. You got a bunch of servants. Why are you sending me to the battlefield? You can send somebody else to the battlefield. Send, I play music for the king. Yeah. Look how awesome I am. Yeah. We got Christians that act like that. That's right. We do. Yeah. That's right. To be honest, sometimes we act like that. That's not what he did. He was he went. And what happened? God used him. They wrote a song about him. David's killed his ten thousands and Saul his thousands. Think his head would explode and get huge, right? I'm a rock star and and I'm a war hero. The Bible says that he gets to flee because Saul's trying to pursue him and kill his life. And on, on more than one occasion, there's an opportunity for David to kill Saul. One particular time, he slips up on him so close. And the man said, he's right there. Kill him. <laughs> Kill him. He'll quit pursuing you. And you can become king. And you can become king. How easy would it have been for any of us to say, you know what, that's probably true. I mean, he's trying to kill you, so it's okay. David's even considering it. It's in his mind. And he gets there and instead got, God stays his hand and he cuts a piece of his garment off his clothing and he comes back with it. And David says, he's my Lord. In other words, David said, I'm not going to remove him from the throne. If God wants me to be king, God will remove him from his throne. God anointed him. I didn't. And David kept waiting on the Lord until God put him in position. And all of these things that he was faithful with, he was still faithful with. The Bible tells us, right? He that is faithful with little will be faithful with much. Right? If I could trust you with a dollar, I'd be able to trust you with a hundred dollars. 
If I can trust you with $100, I can trust you with $1,000. God's given you something to do. Yeah. He gives you something to do today, as a matter of fact, and yeah. some of you did good with it. And some of us did. Bless him, Lord. He that is faithful with a little will be faithful with much. Much will be required of him. But God will fulfill that that he requests. So I ask you the question today. Did you fulfill your secret mission? Are you fulfilling it in your home? Are you fulfilling it in your job, in your school? Are you fulfilling it for Him? Or are you making some excuse to some reason why you're not able to take that step for Him? Much was said last week about taking one step. One step. One step. Every altar call I've ever seen, it only took me one step to get there. I don't know how I got the rest of them. He provided the moment that I got saved as a young man, I didn't even make it to the altar. He said, if you're lost, would you raise your hand? And somewhere between here and here, he knew exactly where I was at. It's the last thing I remember. One step. There David is, and there is Goliath. And what looks like an obstacle to everybody else, David takes one step, and it's the opportunity. It's the op opportunity. What in your life right now is the obstacle that God wants to turn into the opportunity. Right. Think about it. Right. At work, that one that's so difficult to get along with, that one's got the foulest mouth and tells the rudest jokes. Looks like it makes you miserable every time you lay eyes on them. I just don't want to be around them. Well, looks like an obstacle is your opportunity. Think about it. What's God put in front of you? He's given you work today. He called you. Amen. He equipped you. Amen. He's got the job for you to do. Will you accept His mission? Will you accept it? It's up to you. He'll take care of the rest. Stand with us all over the house. We're going to have a time of prayer.